are you anyway? Who are you anyway? Who are you? Well, you know, I saw John and Teresa look at each other and go, who are you? Who is this? You're my husband. You're my wife. Well, you know, we've been talking this month and even uh, really last month about discovering uh, and developing the death, discovering your new identity in Christ and developing your new identity in Christ. Uh, and uh, we're continuing to do that on, on Sunday morning. In fact, Sunday we began talking about being ambassadors for Christ, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, let me pause and give you some commercial. Uh, I, I meant to do this earlier. I want to do it. Uh, I, most of you know Kelly, our Sunday morning worship leader. He had, uh, you may not know, he had, uh, um, come on, help me, uh, help me, John, hernia surgery Monday, and uh, he's out of commission for a couple of weeks. And so I thought I had a guest worship leader lined up for this coming Sunday. I do have one for Father's Day. Many of you may know Jeff McFarland, who leads worship for our college and career first Tuesday. He'll be here on Father's Day. In fact, guys, on Father's Day, I need as many men as possible who will stand up with, with me and be a part of the men's choir because it's man church on Father's Day. So, guys, be here. You can wear your man. You could, what's your Chicago Bears jersey, whatever you want to do your hunting gear, whatever you want to do. In fact, we may even have uh, a lot of man toys kind of hanging around in here. It's man day, and, and uh, Dr. J. Threadgill will be here on Father's Day. That's not this Sunday, but next Sunday. And also Jeff McFarland will be leading worship. Uh, but last, this coming Sunday, I thought I had a guest worship leader lined up, and it didn't work out. And so uh, yesterday or day before, I, I think day before, I'm calling around, and I couldn't, you know, and everything. Well, maybe so, maybe not. And I was talking to Nathan. By, I was texting Nathan, who's in California, and I said, is Joel back in California? That's his guitar player uh, because he was here for a wedding because I need a worship leader Sunday. He said, he said, yeah, he's back in California, but I've got a hookup for you. And I said, well, tell me about the hookup. Well, his friend, Mark Townsend, is also friends with this couple as well as Lacey Nathan's uh, uh, girlfriend, uh, they are over in Houston this week, uh, a young lady by the name of Felicia Barton, who was a season eight uh, uh, American Idol finalist or, you know, semifinalist, and they travel leading worship and singing, and they had a cancellation on Sunday, and I went, hallelujah, so I called them up, and they said, we would love to come and be with you, so I've been blitzing, if you got a text from me or an email, I want to encourage you to spread the word, spread the word. Uh, if you're a Facebooker, go online and repost those things and, and create a little uh, interest. Uh, uh, and if you want to go online and hear, wow, she, she has a career that crosses over into the, what we would call the secular world, but really shines her light in the secular world. And get on YouTube and just Google one of her, I, I can't remember, it's a love song. Wow, this girl has a voice. Her husband and her and one other gentleman will be here leading worship this Sunday. So it's going to be a great Sunday. All our vocal, if you're on the worship team, you, gotta, you can take a break this next Sunday. They're going to take care of everything. So, so wonderful opportunity this Sunday to be ministered to and blessed. And so when I'm scrambling around hunting for a worship leader, God said, hey, I got somebody who will really be a blessing to you. So they sound like great folks. And so Felicia Barton uh, is going to be in the house Sunday morning. So bring your friends and family. It's going to be a great outreach opportunity. Uh, and so uh, those are the things that are going on. I don't know how I got off on that, but I want to make sure you, you get that and help us spread the word in this impromptu opportunity we have. Uh, let's use it to draw people in and, and plug into the, uh, the ministry of the local church. So, hey, a lot of good things going on. We, on Sunday morning, we're talking about who are you? And Sunday we started talking about ambassadors for Christ. And we're going to stay there throughout this month because it's an important uh, element of who we are in Christ. Now, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 one more time. And we're going to be there quite a bit in that chapter. So you might as well go ahead and get a head start. Our keynote verse in uh, the, these last two months uh, is uh, verse 17. And it says this. Uh, and uh, hoping that uh, we get our PowerPoint up and running. Is, are we stuck or did I forget? Or It's coming. Here we go. Uh, we're going to be talking about the ambassador's authority in just a moment. Uh, but uh, our keynote verse is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, look at that verse. It says this. Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everyone say in Christ. 
He is a new what? Old things are what? And all things become new. So we find out our, our new identity is in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. And that's where we've been launching out from and we've been endeavoring to get people to plug, plug in to their new identity by plugging in to this uh, abiding with Christ. Jesus said in John 15, uh, he said, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do what? Nothing apart from abiding in Christ. So we're, we're really endeavoring to discover who we are in Christ and really uh, uh, tapping into our new identity in him. And when we do, old things are passed away and all things become new. Somebody say amen. What a great promise from God. So uh, just by way of reminder, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, we realize we're sons of God. All the sons of God say amen. That's who you are. I'm a son of God. We're also a saint of God. All the saints of God say amen. And then we talked about the fact that we're members of the body of Christ. That's who we are. How many of you know membership in the body of Christ is not optional? That's just who we are. You know, we're, we're a part of a family and part of a body. And then we are ambassadors for Christ. Let's look on down in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we can begin, oh, let's, I read verse 17. That's our keynote verse. But let's keep moving in verse 18, 19, and 20. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. That is, and here he's explaining it, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us, that's a big word, we'll talk about it some more later, committed to us the word of reconciliation. And verse 20 says, now then, in other words, because of what Christ has done and reconciled us to himself and committed to us the ministry of reconciliation, and that word, I've got to go ahead and say it again, that word committed means to be uh, 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 pressed down deep within you and established deep within you to ordain you to, to, to develop something deep on the inside of you is kind of the word picture here. He's committed to us the word of reconciliation. And now because of all that, we are, everyone say we are. Look in verse 20. We are ambassadors for Christ. And as I said Sunday morning, you know, we are, this is who we are. We may be good ones, we may be bad ones. In fact, Proverbs 13, 17 says, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. And so it's important for us to, to understand who we are as ambassador for Christ. And so on Sunday we're going to be talking about it, and tonight we're going to be talking about it. Uh, and he has caused us to be his messenger, his ambassador, uh, his his uh, minister of reconciliation. And so uh, all the ambassadors for Christ said, amen. amen. And when we embrace who we are, it will change our life. Amen. We began to live under the, under the identity of our new found identity in Christ as ambassadors for Christ. So, so Sunday we'll be talking about it again. And, and uh, tonight we're going to talk and probably this will bleed over into next Wednesday night. I've got a lot to say tonight, and I, I, we'll just see how it goes. But we're going to talk about activating the ambassador's authority in our life. You see, even as ambassadors, and as ambassadors, we understood Sunday, we have authority. How many of you realize that? You are God's representative, and you are a representative of God, and you have the authority of God abiding on the inside of you. We looked at that Sunday and we realized that the authority that God has given us is not just to beat up on the devil. How many of you enjoy beating up on the devil every chance you get? Amen? We need to beat up on the devil. You know, Jesus beat up on the devil and he gave us the authority and he said, we trample over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Amen? Everybody just kind of move your feet a little bit. We trample on, he, he's under our feet. Amen? He is not in charge. Everyone say the devil's not in charge. In fact, the reality is the reason the devil is still here, not to harass us, but for us to harass him. Could I get a better amen? We have authority over the devil. He's not in charge. 
He's only in charge if you allow him to be in charge. And we have authority over him. And so we need to embrace that. But the reality here about being an ambassador for Christ and the authority of God, beating up on the devil is just a little bitty part of all the, the, the real manifestation of the authority of God in through our life. We're talking about being ambassadors for Christ, great commission, commissioned Christians, if you will. If you remember back in the Great Commission, Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples. In other words, he's giving us his authority. We are his ambassadors. We are operating under the authority of Jesus Christ. And he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm kind of preaching now and just every once in a while. So if I'm kind of preaching, you can kind of say amen every once in a while. Amen. Don't look at me like a calf stares at a new gate. <laughs> Let's engage here because... We've got to activate this authority that God has in our life. You can have it and not use it. You can have it and not operate in it. Everyone say activate. activate. Nearly everything you do today has to be activated. You know, if you're going to sign up for anything, you've got to do something to get it started. You know, you can't, it just can't start. You know, if you, uh, there's just, everything needs an activation. You know, you've got to have a code. You've got to have a this. You've got to have, you've got to do something to get something else started. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And I want to give you some principles tonight. And I've got 10. We may not get through them all tonight. We'll see. It depends upon how y'all look at me tonight. I might shut it down really early or we could keep going. It just depends. But I want to give you some principles that you and I have got to activate and begin to apply in our life in order for this authority we have to begin to really be manifest in the earth. How many of you don't, don't want to come to the close of your life and having not used the authority that God has for you as an ambassador for Christ? So here we go. Principle number one, activating the authority of God. We do so by way of, the, of positioning ourselves correctly. And this is what I've been talking about for six weeks. I want to hit it again just to, for a few moments because our position is so important. When you embrace your position uh, as a child of God, as a son of God, as a saint of God, as a member of the body of Christ, as an ambassador for Christ, and you get properly positioned. You see, the, pr the problem with most Christians is they're just out of position. They're out of place. They're out of cog. They're out of sync with God's purpose and plan for their life. And they're not operating in the authority of God or in the benefit and the blessing of God because they're out of position. How many of you know God has got a structure and authority and he has a position and a place for us? How many of you know every kingdom uh, uh, needs a king and that's King Jesus, and that puts us under his authority, and that means he's a God of structure and authority, and he has a place and a position for us to best function. Amen? And here, let me just give it to you again. This is re review for most of us. We need to realize that we, are prop we should be properly positioned in him. Everyone say, in him. In Christ, that's what we're talking about. In fact, Ephesians is just chock full of being properly positioned in him. In fact, look over at Ephesians. You know that I can't hardly get away from Ephesians. So let me just throw this at you. Once again, it's review Galatians, Ephesians. Uh, and let's just quickly walk through it so you can understand uh, the, the, the reality of what Paul is trying to get across to us, verse 1, chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and the faithful, what? In Christ Jesus. Everyone say, in Christ Jesus. He's trying to get the church positioned rightly. Look over in verse 20 uh, through 23 of that same chapter. Which I worked in, in Christ when I raised him from the dead, God said, and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the age to come, and put all things under his feet, God said, and gave him to be head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, 
Where is Jesus? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Look in chapter 2 quickly. Let me show you this. Verse 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, uh, made us alive together in Christ, for by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us, what? Sit together in heavenly places. Everyone say position. Your position is so important. You know, in sports, you know, the, 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 the finals, uh, not quite the finals, but the semifinals in NBA are, in fact, the Spurs are hanging on for dear life tonight. They start at 8, and, and uh, I'll just, however that turns out, it's irrelevant to me, but my San Antonio friends are in, in, in panic mode a little bit. Uh, but, hey, you know, you watch any kind of sports, position is imperative uh, to, to winning and accomplishing and, and arriving at the desired place. And it's the same way with the kingdom of God. And so we see throughout the scripture the importance of being properly positioned. In fact, look at Ephesians 6.10. It says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong, what? In the Lord and in what? In the power of his might. Man, when you start reading the Bible through this understanding of being properly positioned, it's everywhere in the New Testament, my friend. And so it's important for us to be fixed in our, and we know that word, little word, in, is that in a fixed position. I'm positioned in him. Number two, as we've already talked about, I'm positioned uh, in the body or in the beloved. Uh, act, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse, oh, let's see, uh, what verse is that? Uh, verse 6. Paul the Apostle said this about our position in the body of Christ. He said, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. And we've already talked about the fact that we're in the body of Christ as members. We've got to take our position in the body of Christ. I've already preached that message, uh, but hey, let's embrace it again. I'm positioned in Him I'm positioned in his family, in the beloved. I'm accepted among the beloved. I'm a member in the body of Christ. I'm going to do my part. And as Ephesians says, when we do our part, it causes growth in the body and the edification and the building up of the body of Christ. You see, the church is not all, the church's greatest expression as, as ambassadors for Christ are not found in little individual people, but in the corporate gathering of the body of Christ. Amen. That's our best expression of the authority of God in the earth, especially the ambassador's authority. And not only positioned in him and in the beloved, but how about in the spirit flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians is full of that. Ephesians 5, 18. He said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. What? with the Spirit of God. And then we see over in chapter 6, verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Everyone say, in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You see, we've got to be in the Spirit. We've got to be in the flow of the Spirit. We're going to talk about that in another, <coughs> under another point if we get to it tonight. But everyone say position. If you want to walk in the authority of God and activate the authority of God in your life, you've got to be in right position. You can't be out stumbling and stammering around. We've got to be at attention, in the Spirit, fixed in, in Him, and established in the body of Christ in our position in Him. Amen? It's so important. It helps us activate the authority of God. Our position is imperative to our purpose as ambassadors for Christ. Amen? Ambassadors are not ambassadors to their own design. They are, they are under authority, and they have to be in the right position, in the right place, doing the right thing. So position is huge. How many of you get that a little bit tonight? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, do you get that? Do you get that? If you, and if they, say, if they look a little in, in a quandary, just say, preach it again, Pastor. They're in the quandary. They, everybody kind of get it? Okay. Amen. We need to embrace our position. This is who I am. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I am in him. I'm in the body of Christ as a member. It's who I am. And I'm going to walk in the spirit. And I'm going to stay in position. And when we do, the authority of God is manifest and activated in our life. 
like never before. It's hard to be a man of authority if you're walking in the flesh. It's hard to be a, an authority for God if you're walking in the flesh or walking under some other spirit under the power, uh, other than the power of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. Amen. Principle number two about activating our authority, it's this, it's submission. Now, how many of you understand this principle? If you're going to be an authority, you've got to be under authority. If you're going to walk in authority, you've got to be under authority. In fact, uh, there's no such thing as an authority without someone being under authority. That becomes, uh, you know, the only one, hey, even Jesus is under the authority of God the Father. He, he came and he said, I only say the things that I hear my father say. I only do the things that I hear my father do. He was not here on his own agenda. He was an ambassador for the father. And he was submitted to the will of the father and the will of God. And, and, and we, we see this principle everywhere. And, and uh, you know, what did Paul even say in verse 1, the first part? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. In other words, I'm walking under the will of God. I'm submitted to the will of God. And, and we as representatives of Christ, we must remain submitted to His authority and to His authorities. When you read the Bible, it's a, it's a, it's a document of delegated authority. And sometimes God even uses delegated authorities in our life who do not love Jesus. How many of you have ever been under some authority that didn't have a God consciousness? You know what? They're still delegated authorities. And God is looking to us. I have a lot of people a lot of times uh, complaining about the authorities in their life. Like, tell me how to get out from under it. Hey, you just be nice and love Jesus and follow him and love people and be submit, have a submitted heart. Uh, it doesn't mean you... You let the world uh, uh, trample on you. How many of you know uh, you can be submitted in your heart, but uh, your obedience is relative? You know, if, you're, if your parents or your, your loved one are telling you, don't serve God, come serve the devil. How many of you know you don't have to follow that? You answer to a higher authority. You can still have a submitted heart, but your obedience is relative. But understand something. If we're going to activate the authority of God in our life, we've got to walk in a submitted heart to God and his delegated authorities in our life. In fact, if you're in Ephesians, look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, that's, that's a big mouthful. As the body of Christ, it says we speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Everybody loves that. And, and, and we give thanks and, and, and to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Oh, we love that preacher. That's so, let's have some worship. Uh, uh, and then submitting to one another in the fear of God. Did you get it? In other words, church and, and the body of Christ is all about yielding our lives to the authority of God and the authorities of God in our life, the delegated authorities in our life. And we submit ourselves to one another. And when we do, listen carefully, that's when we walk in our greatest authority. And then, of course, the next verse, we've got our new, soon-to-be newlyweds. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Uh, you know, just a little, little note. How many of you know marriages have their greatest authority in the earth when they're walking in, in right relationship with God and one another? People are nervous about the word submission. He says, we submit to our wives or to submit to their husbands as unto, uh, 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 as unto the Lord. How are we submitted to the Lord? All of us. In other words, all of us have to be completely 100% submitted to Him. And in our submission to the delegated authorities in our life, we've got to be 100% submitted to them. But then the other side of the coin are the delegated authorities in our life. Oh, they're representatives of Christ. And how many of you know God can deal with a renegade husband? God can deal with a renegade boss. God can deal with a renegade preacher. God can deal with a renegade cop. God can deal with a renegade judge. How many of you know God's in charge? But if we want to release the authority of God in our life, we've got to walk in a heart of submission to Him and the delegated authorities in our life. It will release 
hey, if you want authority, you've got to walk in submission to authority. In James chapter 4 and other passages, let me just look at a few for you. James chapter 4, look what Paul, what, pardon me, Paul, look what James said. Uh, he said, submit your, verse 7, uh, hmm, let me just do verse 6, but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Everyone say, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Notice the first thing about resisting the devil. Submit to God. In other words, your submission to God gives you authority over the powers of darkness and in the earth. 1 Peter chapter 5, the same type of a principle. Verse 5, I think it is. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That means submitted, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. My friend, all of that is linked together. Our submission to God and one another and victory over the powers of darkness and being a, 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 a righteous representative and ambassador for Christ. You see, if we want to walk in the authority of God, we've got to activate God's authority in our life by getting in right position. I'm in Him. I'm fixed in Him. I'm in the body of Christ. I'm fixed. I'm established. I'm, I'm plugged in. I'm, I'm, I'm joined together. I'm walking in the Spirit, and I'm submitted to God, and I'm submitted to the family of God and the, and the authorities of God in my life. That releases authority in your life as an ambassador for Christ. Number three, a third principle of activating the authority of God in your life is knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. The scripture says uh, in Hosea uh, chapter 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. You see, if, if there's some things as ambassadors for Christ, we've got to know. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's walk through these verses quickly. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me show you these. There's some things you got to know. How many of you know ignorance is no excuse? Look at your neighbor and say, ignorance is no excuse. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Oh, verse 10. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven uh, that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ and here's the principle lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices now the details of this scripture are somewhat irrelevant here though. here's what I want you to see if we are ignorant the devil takes advantage of us if we don't know who we are in Christ, he takes advantage of us. And so the knowledge that we have, we've, we need the knowledge of God in our life. You see, people say, do I need to study the Bible? Yes, that gives you knowledge. That fills your quiver. That fills your heart. That fills your life with the knowledge of God and, and the revelation of God in your life. It, knowledge, oh man, my people are destroyed for a, a lack of knowledge. We're not destroyed because the devil come and beat us up and killed us. We self-imploded just because we didn't gain the knowledge of God in our life. And Paul the Apostle said, hey, uh, we, we, we're not ignorant of his devices. And if we are ignorant, he takes advantage of us. And we don't walk in the authority of God over our life. Look over in Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians. Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. 
For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering uh, with joy. Now, notice this. He said this in these verses. If you're going to uh, fulfill the good work and be pleasing to God, as an, hey, let me throw in there, as an ambassador for Christ, that's self, uh, hey, that, we, we know that. That's what he's talking about, our responsibility as a Christian. We've got to have the knowledge of God in our life, and he's praying for them. He said, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him being fruitful in every good work. Ooh, I like that. That sounds like an ambassador who's walking in the authority of God for their life, who's fixed in Christ. He's fruitful in everything he does. Why? Because he's, he's got the knowledge of God available to him. He's not being destroyed by the powers of darkness or by the circumstances of life because he did not know. How many of you have ever paid a dear price just because you did not know something? Man, I didn't know that if I plugged this, you know, when I, used, when I started traveling, uh, you know, internationally, I, I came upon some really strange electrical systems. And I had this little adapter, and I plugged it in, and then I plugged in my little, I can't remember what it was, and it went paid a price because I didn't have all that I needed. It was a lack of knowledge. It's that same way in the spirit or in the kingdom of God. It's a lack of knowledge. Now, slip back over into 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Go back with me to where we started. 2 Corinthians, this is a must know. That's what he's saying here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he said we're ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Look in verse 21. This is a, this is a must know. These are the, some of the things we must know as ambassadors for Christ. For he, that is God, made him, that is Jesus. He made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Where? Where? In Him. Everyone say, in Him. Now, that's the gospel. That's the truth of the gospel. This is what, this is what we've got to know. These are some of the things we must know. For He made Him who knew sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Wow. That'll change the way you live life. That'll give you authority. I know that it's not my strength. God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for me. He took my place. He took, I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Somebody say amen. That's who I am. It changed the way you live. And then all of a sudden your ambassadorship authority begins to be further realized. You see, the devil wants to keep us pressed down with a lack of knowledge. Because he knows if we ever know some of these things, he's in serious trouble. Let me just throw this out to you tonight. That's why there's not very many folks here tonight. Because the enemy has lied to a lot of people about their, their, their lack of need for knowledge. Well, what are they doing? They're just studying the Bible. I, got, I can study the Bible. I got busy. I'm just busy. I got too busy. I got to make money. I can't, I can't be. My schedule's all messed up. Listen. My kids fell asleep in church on Wednesday nights, and I'd pick them up and carry them home. They're doing okay today. Didn't emotionally scar them. Come on. Listen, I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, I know. But let me tell you something. That when, when we minister to people, let's love them enough to tell them the truth and say, hey, there's some things we got to know that we'll never know on our own. Amen? How many of you know we don't know it all? And so, knowledge. The more we know the more authority we have in Christ. Amen. Let me give you another one. We talked about position, submission, and knowledge. Number four, 
and I've already talked about this a little. I can't remember particularly which uh, Sunday morning message, but number four is acknowledge. Look in Philemon. Oh, I love this verse. My friend Jerry Phelps showed this to me. My, I have a friend, Jerry Phelps, who pastors Tyler Metro Church in Tyler, Texas. He's a 70-year-old he's a man who looks about 60. He's jog, been jogging all his life. He, has some, he, he loves Jesus with all his heart. He's been preaching since he was 16. He's got all kinds of revelation knowledge, and he loves to fish on Lake Fork. And so we meet there from time to time, and we preach to one another. And I tried to tell him about my series uh, on... Uh, uh, who are you discovering your true identity in Christ? And he jumped on top. Oh, brother, that's where I've been. Let me tell you. And he started preaching. And I mean, he's preaching. I, I said, calm down, Jerry. You're 70 years old. You're going to get worked up, fall out of the boat or something here. Come on, be careful. He said, no, this is in me, brother. I got to share this. And he shared this verse with me, and it lit up inside of me. Philippians 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Stop, look up at me. How many of you know that sounds like Great Commission ambassadorship, right? Ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us on your Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hey, this is right down the alley here. For that the sharing of your faith may become effective, how? By the acknowledging or the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. When we began to acknowledge, that word acknowledge, the, the Greek is epignosis. There's two, uh, I'm going to, I think, I'm going to say, I know two words for knowledge. One is gnosis, which is kind of like head knowledge. It's kind of like what I was talking about in number three. You know, there's, how many of you know, there's two kinds of, uh, there's, when you think about the word of God, there's the logos, it's the written word of God. We could call that when you read the Logos, you gain knowledge. Oh, man, there's ten commandments. I didn't know that. You got some knowledge, right? Right here. But then there's some, that's gnosis. Okay, that's just knowledge. This acknowledge, or other, in, in Scripture, there's other words just where it's just translated knowledge. It's epignosis. I'm going to show you one. That's a full discernment and a revelation. It's like all of a sudden there's something from a spiritual perspective that you see that you were, aha. I remember one time, one of the early years where, where knowledge turned into, where, ep, where gnosis in my life turned into epignosis. I was in church on a Sunday evening at Beverly Hills Baptist Church or a Wednesday evening. And I always knew God loved me. I had gnosis. As I'm worshiping, I heard in my spirit a, a simple word from God. He said, son, I love you. And all of a sudden, that gnosis turned into epic gnosis. I got a full revelation, or to the best of my ability. Whoo. I knew it here, now it dropped down in my heart, and I know it here. And what did, what did the Paul say here in reference to this capacity to be an able-bodied ambassador and to, to be the sharing of my faith be effective when we began to acknowledge, when we began to have a revelation on the inside of our life of all that God has blessed us with and all of who we are in Christ and the authority we have as children of God. And we begin to acknowledge it. I'm a child of God, bless God. I've got the authority of God in my life. The devil doesn't tell me what to do. I tell him what to do. I'm not under, hey, I don't walk in the flesh anymore. I walk in the spirit. I don't yield my body as, uh, uh, to the flesh anymore. According to Romans 6, I'm going to yield the instruments of my body as instruments of righteousness unto God. I'm going to begin to acknowledge, as according to Ephesians chapter 1, I think, verse 4, that he's blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, and he's not going to leave me, forsake me, and I can do all things through Christ. I'm acknowledging uh, who I am in him, and it releases authority into our life when we begin to walk and live and acknowledge I'm acknowledging 
Most people, all they do is acknowledge their past and acknowledge their problems. Hey, can I get you to do this? No, I can't do that because I've got this. I'm just acknowledging my poor, pathetic life here. Hey, can you, can you do it? No, I can't do that. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I just, you know, I'm hanging on to, uh, you know, I'm, you know, come on, brother. I just, you know, <laughs> man. If that's Jesus, maybe we ought to just go bowling. I can have more fun bowling than hanging out with you, brother. Come on. How many of you know God wants us to begin to acknowledge who we are in Christ? This is who I am. Amen. It it activates the authority of God in your life as an able-bodied ambassador for Christ. Everyone say position. Everyone say submission. Everyone say knowledge. Everyone say acknowledge. Ooh, let me give you one more or two more tonight. Agreement. Everyone say, oh, ooh, 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 I got a verse. You, you can leave that there, but let me show you this verse. I, I meant to show you this when it comes to the, the, the epic note. I wanted to show you two verses. Pardon me. We, we want to slow down here. When we talk about acknowledging, uh, uh, look in... Look back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Remember the word I told you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. The word committed means ordained or to settle or sink down deep within us, right? Now, this is what I was talking about. When gnosis becomes epignosis. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He has committed and ordained that this word gets down on the inside of us and settles deep within us and becomes established in us. Amen? And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, acknowledging. Ooh, this is who I am. This is what I have. I am an ambassador for Christ and I'm going to begin to acknowledge that the, this, this, this revelation that I, he who knew no sin became sin for me, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ, and he's given me the ministry and the message and the word of reconciliation. It's established deep within me, and I'm going to begin to acknowledge it and, and, and operate in it. Now look in Ephesians 1.17. I wanted to show you this, and then we'll move to this next one because here, here Paul is praying for us again about this, and this is epignosis, if you will. This is the revelation knowledge that he's praying in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He's praying for the church. He says in verse 15, after I heard of your faith in, your, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Catch this, that the God of our Father, uh, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. There's that epignosis, that revelation knowledge that, the, that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. My goodness, folks, you want something to pray about and begin to meditate on and chew upon, you can take that and just say, God, uh, you know what? I, I, I desire and I'm recognizing that according to your word as an ambassador for Christ, I have available to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and in the, in the revealed uh, uh, word of God in my life that's going to be seated deep within me and established deep within me. Amen? That's acknowledgement. And then number five, agreement. What are we talking about? Well, look in Matthew 18. We're just moving around here a little bit. These are principles of of activating the authority of God in our life one of the secrets as I've already said to walking in the authority of God is being submitted to the authority of authorities of God in our life Matthew 18 18 and 19 look what he says assuredly I say to you who whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven how many of you believe that sounds like authority? Right? Binding and loosening. Everybody say, binding and loosening. That sounds like we have authority to liberate and to bind. 
And he says, again, I say unto you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will, be, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Did you see how the, the, the agreement comes into play when it comes to binding and loosing? He's putting these things together. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let me say it another way. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will, it will be done for them by my Father. In other words, when you come together in agreement, in the spirit of God and in the spirit of prayer, under the anointing of God in your life, it releases authority. How many of you know there's the capacity to multi of multiplied authority? One can chase a thousand, but two what? 10,000. You would think one can chase 1,000 and two 2,000. No, there's a multiplicity of effectivity when we come together and begin. Effectivity is not a word. It's my word. It's Pastor Sam's Webster, Sam's, Sam Walker's dictionary of new made-up words. There's a multiplicity of effectivity. When we come together in agreement at the place of prayer, it activates and multiplies the authority of God in our life. How many of you know, if you're buking the devil by yourself, there's a multiplied impact if you come together and you buke him together, amen? Let's don't buke him by ourselves. Let's buke him together, amen? Are you with me? Same way with the authority of God in our life for being ambassadors for Christ. When we come together as the church in a concerted voice and heart, did you know, interesting, when Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2 and 3 and began to preach, he's, you know, we have this, here, here's where I usually stand on Sunday when I preach. I stand here and you sit there. But in Acts, you know what happened? When Peter got up to preach, it says the apostles stood with him. They were, he was talking, but they were right there with him. There was, a, there was a corporate agreement from, from these newfound Holy Ghost men and women of God. We're right there with you. We're standing there with you. You're not the preacher and we're the, hey, we're right here with you. We are all ambassadors for Christ. And when persecution hit in Acts 4, they all prayed together, open our mouths that we may speak boldly. They were in agreement. Acts, oh, you just read through Acts. Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, you find them in harmony and agreement together. They were all with one accord and the Holy Spirit fell. Authority was released in their life. Peter began to be a preacher of the gospel and great power and authority to the point that when he got done, because of their agreement, the Holy Spirit fell. Uh, guess what happened? Uh, there was authority released. And 3,000 plus people that day said, what must we do to be saved? It's because they were walking in agreement and harmony in their life. There's a multiplied authority when we do that. How many of you see that? Look at your neighbor and ask him, do you see that? Do you see that? I see that. Agreement. Let me give you one or two more. Confidence. Confidence activates the authority of God in our life. Confidence, not self-confidence, but confidence in God and all of who He is. And confident, because you're representing Him. How many of you know if you're representing Him, He's going to back you up? That's what, that's what befuddles me about, about us so many times. We get out on the firing lines and we get all nervous like he's not going to back us up. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got your back, brother. Come on, he's got your back. He's with you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll give you the words to say. I'll be right there with you. And we see Paul the apostle. Now, look. You know, Paul, blessed man, what a guy. Look at, the, look at the last couple of verses of Acts. I love this. In fact, I never, I'd read this, but it just didn't drop in me until this week. Acts chapter 28, verse 30. 
Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. I like that. With all confidence. No one forbidding him. Let me tell you something. There's something to a confident guy. Not just, just from a natural perspective. When you walk into a room with confidence, you have a voice. You walk into a room with God's confidence, you really have a voice. And confidence opens the doors of opportunity and releases the authority of God in our lives. Uh, and we can have great confidence that he's got our back that he's there for us, that he's going to speak for us. He's going to back us up. Paul said this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4. He said, And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Paul said, we got confidence in, even in you that you're going to obey God. You're going to do what he has for you to do. That activates the authority of God in our life. Let me just ask you this. If somebody believes in you, does it give you confidence? He said, I have confidence in God. He, he preached the gospel with confidence. But he said, I have confidence in you. You're going to do what God wants you to do. That's going to, and that builds their confidence. He has confidence in me, so why can't I have confidence in me? I, 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 in, in Christ in me. I'm a man of confidence. I trust God. And when we trust God, it releases his authority in our life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Faith. Not his faith, our faith. He gave us faith. It's not, it's not the preacher's faith. This is the victory. I think it's 2 John chapter 5, verse 4, or 4, verse 5. This is the victory that overcomes the world. That's authority being realized in the earth, even our faith. Confidence releases the authority of God in our life and helps us be who God says we are and that is, that is ambassadors for Christ. Amen. I'll stop there. But before we're dismissed tonight, let's pray tonight that God would, in this gathering of saints tonight, we'd begin to activate the authority of God in our life we began to walk in the knowledge of God and the, and the anointing of God in our life and began to realize we are ambassadors for Christ and we have authority. Not just authority over the devil, but authority to rightly represent him. Be his voice. As we said Sunday, be his heart. Be his voice. In fact, here's Sunday's four points about uh, the authority of God. He's given us, he deputized us and, author and authorized us by delegating to us his heart for the world. Paul said, the love of God compels me. His ministry, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us his voice. Just as verse 20 says, that it's just like as God were speaking through us and he's given us his power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Uh, Hey, he's authorized us, and he wants us to operate as ambassadors for Christ, for that's who we are. Let's stand up together tonight. I feel an anointing upon this prayer time right here, because I believe tomorrow many of us are going to have the opportunity to activate the authority of God in our life and begin to be a real ambassador for Christ and operate in, in a very real tangible way tomorrow, maybe even tonight. Lord, we just pray for one another. And we pray tonight, Lord, as we close this ministry session of study.